friends, and welcome to the CU Insight Network podcast. My name is Lauren Kolb. I'm the president and CEO at CUinsight.com. And it's my job on this show to have conversations with the thought leaders who support the credit union community. Together, we get to identify those issues that affect credit unions and talk about the best practices that exist to learn from one another and improve our industry. My guest on today's show is Mark Weber. He is the CEO at Strum and Strum Platform. Mark, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Lauren. Great to be with you and uh, excited we're kicking off a new year. We sure are. We always start out these episodes the same way, which is to say most of us did not grow up thinking we would get to work with credit unions one day. Certainly wasn't what I dreamed of doing when I was a kid. What did you want to be growing up? Oh, well, funny two things. It was a fight between a firefighter and a veterinarian. And so I was a collector of all pets that my parents wished I wouldn't bring home from snakes to chickens to tarantulas growing up in Arizona. Wow. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> sounds like you didn't become a veterinarian. <laughs> so what was that <laughs> journey like then to your current role as CEO at Strum and Strum Platform? Well, my uh, credit union knowledge and experience really started when I was five. My dad was a part of Luke Air Force Base Credit Union. We traveled around the world and he put me in a credit union. I remember going to one of those long lost annual member meetings where there used to be hundreds of people. And then when we moved to Hawaii, when I was 10, joined Hickam Air Force Base Credit Union. So I had a long history of loving credit unions early in my life. And the transition then kind of, for me, moved from clean technology marketing into going back to financial services, working in a credit union, recruited into banking, and then started this agency a little over 30 years ago, working both for financial services companies and technology being in Seattle. So it's been a, a fun and interesting transition to see all the changes take place in that time. That is so true. Well, for those who don't know, I think probably a lot of our listeners have heard of Strum and Strum Platform. But for those who don't, tell me a little bit more about it. What's the elevator pitch that you give folks about what you do and where you really add value for credit unions? You bet. Well, we have uh, a focus really on being inquisitive and curious. And so what we do is really work with credit unions across the country to find out the challenges, the uh, pain points that they're having, often centered around growth. What are those transitions? Are people stuck in flat to negative member growth? Are they having challenges with understanding what their brand is, how to be more competitive and relevant in the market? And so we've worked in all 50 states and with credit unions of all sizes to really help them understand the strategic underpinnings by leveraging a lot of data analytics, market research, internal questions to understand what is it that makes them distinctive. And often that builds into a sense of making sure we un also uncover the why of our organizations. Why do they exist? And why would they be missed if they were gone tomorrow? So that's really been our focus is on the data-driven strategy and marketing. In the last four and a half years, we've leaned much, much deeper into the data analytics, 
knowing your member side of the equation and helping organizations better understand who they serve and who they could serve. I love to hear all of the things that you have done and grown into. You know, as credit unions look at the year ahead, you all being the experts in marketing and storytelling and branding, how do you suggest that credit unions really approach growth and marketing to weather what is maybe an uncertain year ahead? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, we have been watching the latest forecast data from CUNA, trying to understand what's the challenge of the market, what's the U.S. economy going to look like, what's the impact, especially on consumers, which is really where we try to spend our time. CUNA's forecasting 2024 at a low 4% loan growth and savings growth at close to zero for credit unions and net member growth even lower than it was in 2023. So for us, I think the the challenges facing some of those economic headwinds and the challenges that people across America are having with their finances and planning and budgeting in the midst of a still challenged year with high interest rates We've leaned into that place where I think we've become one of the leading firms in the country to help organizations define and build data-driven growth strategies and marketing strategies and diving in and leveraging and analyzing their data and then enhancing that data. And I think this is one of the keys for organizations is we have lots of data in the credit union industry, probably more than almost any industry out there about our members. And yet there's a lot we don't know about their lifestyles and their pain points and their challenges, where else they're banking and what's ahead, what's most important for them, their families, kids. We know we work with Gigi Highland and the great team at the National Credit Union Foundation that there's 160 million Americans today that feel they are struggling to try and make their way financially. And so that whole issue and area of financial well-being and understanding how do we make sure we can weather the storms right now is an area we've tried to lean in with data and help organizations develop the kinds of strategies to understand both the needs of their members and the needs of the markets around them. And that wider group is really the prospect market. Who is it that we should be tuning into and learning who's the ideal member growth opportunity and that prospect and those niche pockets that may be available in each of our markets around the country? We know, and you brought up some really good points. We know member acquisition is really expensive and member retention then on the other side is very, very important. How do you suggest credit unions identify their existing member segments and maybe what their ideal new prospects could be so that they can really effectively target to increase engagement, deepen relationships, boost profitability? So what are your thoughts on all that? How, how can credit unions figure out who they're serving and who they want to serve? Yeah, Lauren, I'd say this is the area that we get the most phone calls from uh, C-suites of organizations across the country, and that is, how do we better understand who our most engaged members are, who's growing, how we can become more relevant, how we find and profile the journey of that member, especially in the first year, that 
onboarding journey of when they have excitement and passion. And I use the parallel of when we buy a new car. It's the first week that we bought the car that we're excited, we're driving the car. And then suddenly, about a week into that journey, people begin to wonder if they made the right decision. And I spent a lot of money and now I've got a loan and I've got debt. And being there and becoming incredibly relevant in those early first few months is such a critical component of how that relationship is going to grow, how it's going to expand and deepen, how the credit union is going to become clearly present and relevant in a personalized way. And really, the only way to do that is with rich, insightful data. And so we think that critical component is organizations, many of them are still missing out on a clear segmentation strategy, understanding their new members, understanding existing members, what engagement levels look like, which ones are using the credit union to both save, borrow, transact, engage, payments, what do those journeys look like? And how do we take those most engaged ideal members and then mirror them and find ways to leverage that data in the markets we're in to pinpoint the ideal member that loves it or the ideal prospect that tends to love credit unions, that loves the purpose-driven aspect of credit unions, that's looking for the lower fees, the great value proposition credit unions offer, and we can pinpoint those folks in the market. And so that combination of understanding that growth for growth's sake itself of new members to try and hit some arbitrary three, five, seven, eight percent number is not going to be a win-win situation necessarily for the credit union and the member if their relationship is a single service and especially if it's only an indirect loan, because we know so many credit unions have relied on indirect members to hit those growth rates. And when we extract that indirect member out, which more than 95% of those members are most likely to churn, then we start to lean in and realize it becomes crucial to have data and a crystal clear segmentation path to growth that you know exactly who you're going to grow with, who you need to retain. And often for us, it's pinpointing and identifying some of those underserved, underbanked niche markets in the opportunity that credit unions maybe haven't leaned in as much as they could have. As you've been answering these questions, I've heard this repeated theme of data, the right data, good data, having some way to measure what you're doing. And we know that saying that what gets measured is what gets done. Diving in a little bit deeper, how do you think marketing teams, or maybe it goes beyond just the marketing team, but how do you think credit unions should track and measure and report that performance most effectively? I'd say that's probably one of the biggest concerns or complaints we hear from CEOs and CFOs and CEOs of organizations is often marketing is the third largest budget item for organizations. And it's easy in the midst of a challenging economy for the CFO to slash budgets and say, hey, we're going to have a challenging year, earnings are down, deposit growth is flattening, 
and we're going to cut marketing. And I think part of that comes back to the organizations that measure effectively, that know the return on investment they're getting from their spending, that track where lead generation, where new member growth is coming, that track journeys of new product openings, everything from checking and the depth of relationship that occurs there to an auto loan, a HELOC loan, those that measure and know how to track both where, what's the source of that lead, where did that journey go as it grew, because we know our members are very much omni-channel. They may start on their phone, work their way onto a desktop, pick up a phone, talk with someone. Some of them are going to walk inside a branch and some of them are going to wind up in the call center. But the ability to track all of those omni-channel journeys from the communication, how campaigns flow and move, that includes even digitally and in social, becomes so crucial to the ability to report, track, and demonstrate not only what's most effective in driving growth for the organization, but be able to prove out an ROI, be able to demonstrate the investment in marketing is both strategic and uh, has a return on the performance of the organization. And that's been a challenge for a lot of credit unions, unquestionably. And that's really where we spent a lot of our time in our platform is building out that capability to measure and track sales on a daily basis, attribution of where the sales came from, the conversion of what channel did it actually occur in, and then allow marketing to become much smarter continuously learning. And this is the place really that that combination of machine learning and artificial intelligence is starting to automate a process that has been manual for 30 or 40 years. Been around in marketing long enough to see that that last mile of reporting results in the effectiveness of campaigns, marketing spend, and return on growth is so difficult for most organizations. It doesn't matter how small or how big you are, it's still a challenge for most organizations. It's great to hear as you've kind of encountered these these phone calls from credit unions of things that are coming up again and again, the ways that you are able to really build Strum Platform in addition to Strum Agent on the agency side to meet those needs. And I'm curious, as we look to the future, what is the focus for Strum for the road ahead? Yeah, it's been interesting, our, our journey to dive deeper. We've spent 20 years helping credit unions across the country, some of the largest credit unions around the country, develop data-driven growth strategies and data-driven marketing and segmentation strategies. When we finally moved into the CDP, customer data platform, member data platform side, where now we're actually leveraging that data, we're pulling it from a wide variety of sources and we're integrating it and making it available on the desktop, not just to the marketing team, but to leaders across the organization who can use the business intelligence and deliver it in a form that now tells stories. And I think this is one of the biggest advancements, Lauren, that's taken place is we don't need to be caught up in spreadsheets that you know, are tied to either a Power Excel user or in the case of the data or IT team, SQL reports. We now can use data and business intelligence and dashboards 
that tell stories, that help organizations actually build and tweak strategies as they're going, understand where they're having success and where they're struggling. And so I think this shift in some ways, I hate to use the term innovation because I think this is really one more of adaptation to know your members better than you ever have. The data is available. It can be built. Segmentation, the ability to track members in data-driven personas and understand their journey as they grow with the credit union, we're in the most powerful place we've ever been before. It's just having the right tools. It's having the right team. And those tools can help foster a culture of using data. And I think that's one of the big challenges for a lot of organizations is there are so many tools there and they're siloed tools often across departments. The ability to begin to think differently that this really should all be about the member. This should be about our member's journey, their needs, how different each one of them are based on where they're at in life. And we have the data and capabilities now to be able to track and build highly personalized relevant journeys in the same way that we see fintech competitors like Chime and even Amazon leverage rich insights and data models using machine learning so that not only can we help grow relationships, we can also pinpoint this silent attrition of people that are at risk right now so that we can stop the back door because the cost of churn is staggering. If we can lower churn by two, three, five percent, that small reduction in not losing the right valuable members that are engaged can have a direct financial bearing for the organization in earnings, performance, and growth. And so I think that becomes just a, a virtuous circle of understanding your members very, very well, leveraging the data in growing those relationships, and then building a culture that understands how are we better serving our members through their experiences, personalizing their journeys along that road. There is just so much insight that you've just shared with everyone. I'm sure there'll be a lot of folks who want to get in touch. So I just want to go ahead and say we're going to link to contact information for Mark and his team at Strum and Strum Platform here in the post. So just take a look at the show notes and you'll see that right there. Mark, as we wrap up the show, we always like to have some fun with rapid fire questions to let our listeners get to know you a little bit better. We say the questions are rapid, but your answers don't have to be. So are you ready? Ready. All right, let's do it. First question, who is someone in your life that was a great leader and what makes them so great? You know, I just had a reflection this morning and sent off an email to somebody that I consider an amazing leader that I've got gotten to work over 30 years with in the industry. And Jerry Lachance is someone that I've gotten to work with that now three different credit unions and to watch her leadership grow, to watch her impact in building wellness into her organizational culture for her people, to watch her impact at a national level, to help her rebrand the organization at Seslock in San Luis Obispo, and just to become a far more relevant 
financial institution and the markets around her, we got to see the results of research about a year ago of how significant they had moved the bar and the needle of their organization. And it was just fun to see the uplift in how many people are now considering banking there because of the value and the values and the purpose of what Seslock and the team that Jerry has built around that. So for me, I'm going to be really personal and say, I have learned so much in working with someone like Jerry that I just respect and honor. The news came out of her rolling into retirement. And I think that's the fun and the excitement to watch people who take the opportunities given to them in this industry and leverage it fully to the betterment of the people and the communities around them. So that's one for me. That is just such a good answer. I love to hear about that. Next question for you here. If you are going to splurge on something, so you want to treat yourself, what is something you might invest a little bit in, whether that's uh, time or resources? Wow, good one. It's probably going to be something that furthers my passion for music. So I'm a guitar player and I do a lot of work with friends and open mic nights and gigs and I'm trying to use more and more of my time whenever I have it available, which is often to up my game and explore my passion deeper. And it's probably going to be an investment in my recording studio to get that one more piece that I'm missing and that little bit more time or tool to uh, have more fun with my music, which is just an outlet of joy for me. That is reminding me that one of the other guests that I had spoken to on the show from Strum was telling me about the musical connection that there is among almost all of you. And uh, I'd love to hear that. I'm not surprised now that you mention it, <laughs> but that is just so great. Yeah, it's hilarious. We just had all of our team together at uh, the middle of December. And one of the cultural components for us is We've got a lot of musicians and singers, and uh, we do karaoke together. And so we've gathered, I think, 31 people in our karaoke studio. And it's a rite of passage and initiation. Everyone that comes to work for our two companies has to sing at least one karaoke song. And so we bust people out of their comfort zone in the name of uh, music and riffing. And that's really where the name for the organization came from is, is kind of that riffing and orchestration with our clients to try and find something new and fresh ahead. And we love doing it as a company too. That is just a great company culture. I, I love it. Although I can't say that I would be the first to stand up for karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you there one night, Lauren. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> All right, Mark, random question. If you travel at all for work, which many of us do, what's a city that you're really excited to visit, whether it's for a conference or a client visit or something else? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I'm going to say ugh, it's going to be a city and it's probably Honolulu because I spent a good chunk of my life growing up in Hawaii and uh, worked with Hawaiian credit unions numerous times. And when I get off the airplane, it's home. And it doesn't hurt that it's one of the most beautiful places to travel to, but the islands just hold something more than just vacation for me, just to feel at home. I have many friends still here, 
high school reunions still spent here. Just a lot of joy and life engaged in Honolulu. That is a great answer. Even for those without the connection to Hawaii, I'm sure (laughs) Honolulu would be high up on their list. All right. What is a book that you think just everyone should read? Well, okay. So I'm going to give a a side answer. I'm not sure everyone should read it yet, but I just watched The Boys in the Band and Living in Seattle. And I have several friends who were Husky rowers, rowed for University of Washington. And we're going through this crazy national championship, which sadly we didn't win. But having watched The Boys in the Band, I decided that's the book I'm going to read. What did it mean to be in a boat against the odds and where people find their individual response and passion and kind of what it means to build a a team with people focused on accomplishing something together. So that's kind of my hope and aspiration. This will be one of those books in 2024 that gives me a new sense of encouragement and passion for team building. We will link to that in the show notes here too. That is a great answer. All right. What has been your best hack for creating balance and integration between your work life and what you might call your life life? You know, we we made a big decision as a company about a year and a half ago after being unable to go back into our office and having to make a lot of shifts to work remotely. And I think that hack has become an amazing ability to go, if I can be anywhere, and if my team can be anywhere, how do we become effective in our time together? How do we build the same kind of um, creativity and um, critical thinking together. And I think we've done an amazing job of that. But for me, I think one of the blends and the balances is uh, two of my three kids live in Southern California. So if I'm going to be remote, I've made the decision then I would love to be able to work every day and have my kids sometimes be together. And so that ability to be remote and be around my family and be with my work family at the same time and able to execute creatively, I think that keeps me centered and it keeps keeps me balanced at least in understanding that um, work is critical, the ability to help our clients succeed so important, and my family is absolutely crucial. And that time, you don't get back. So I'm trying to do both of those. That is a great answer. Well, we're going to link to everything we talked about today in the show notes. My last question for you, Marcus, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share or final asks to our listeners today? Well, I think just an invitation. I think what we've come to realize is we have a unique blessing to be able to serve so many different credit units around the country. And we have learned tremendous things about the organization's about what it means to be a credit union. And we've had a lot of fun diving into organizations' purpose and leveraging some of the work done by Simon Sinek around the why. And we're applying that for organizations like the National Credit Union Foundation and organizations that both support the industry 
as well as which is part of our focus and mission is how can we create greater impact for the credit unions we serve to serve their members and make a difference in the lives of people around them. So I think just an invitation, love to talk with organizations that are wrestling with that part of their brand and their focus ahead to be both relevant and especially purpose-driven. Why are we here? We are going to link to contact information, like I said, for Mark and the team at Strom and Strom Platform. So if you're interested in learning more, that will be right here in the show notes. Mark, thank you so much for being on the show, for sharing so many insights with us today. I hope you stay well. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning into the CU Insight Network podcast. We'll be back again next time. 